Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Teresa Curley. And I'm Deacon Roger Height. All right, it's a beautiful Wednesday morning. Um, I thought we were going to get some rain this morning, but it's not. The sun's out shining. That's a beautiful day. Just wonderful. The way to begin December. Absolutely. It's December 1st. Can you believe that? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, Deacon, would you start us out in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this beautiful beginning to the month of December. We continue to offer you praise and worship as we walk our daily journey. We pray especially today for uh, those uh, Supreme Court justices who will hear the Dobbs case. We pray for their wisdom and guidance, and we pray that your Holy Spirit will be with them and direct their thoughts and actions. We also pray today for those who are suffering and in pain. We pray for relief. We pray that uh, through someone's touch and someone's uh, gentle words or smile that their day may be better. We continue to seek your guidance in all that we say and do, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm excited for the show today. Well, I am too. I, it takes me back to my old days in KSJB in Jamestown, North Dakota. <laughs> All right, well, I'll be relying on your expertise this morning. <laughs> but um, I really wanted to talk with you. Um, we've kind of talked a little bit about this in the past, but you mentioned that you are writing a book. Um, so I'm really excited to just dive into that. Okay. Um, but first, I guess we should backtrack a little bit. Um, and just could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are? <laughs> sure. Well, I'm uh, Deacon Roger Height. I'm assigned to St. Lambert Parish here in Sioux Falls. Uh, I've been ordained a permanent deacon for 37 years. Um, I was out uh, in the Diocese of Rapid City. I was ordained in uh, 1984 at St. Francis of Assisi Parish and uh, worked uh, most of my professional life as a hospital and nursing home administrator. Uh-huh. And uh, we also uh, worked in peer and then in about 2007, we came to Sioux Falls, and I began working for the Diocese of Sioux Falls in pastoral planning and deacon formation, and uh, kind of semi-retired two years ago, but uh, still working a couple days a week. So uh, I'm married. My wife, Diane, and I will celebrate 50 years of marriage in April this 2022. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, we have our son, Scott, is... Uh, 43, and he's uh, living with us. So it's been uh, quite a journey, and that's kind of where this book came from. Right, well, what, what, tell us about your book. I'm super excited, uh, and it's been growing as we talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, um, it's still in its formational stages. Uh, I've talked to a few people about publishing, but, uh, uh, you know, I, 
I'm not an English major, so I'm sure there's lots of uh, problems in terms of the language there. But uh, it's really, I've entitled it Encountering Jesus on a Diaconal Journey. Mm-hmm. And it began uh, when I celebrated my 25th uh, anniversary as a deacon in 1999 or 2009. And um, I began to pray about what is it that I can do uh, in celebration of 25 years. Mm-hmm. And the thought came, well... Where have you encountered Jesus in your life? Where, what are the events that, uh, where you've encountered Jesus or God the Father or the Holy Spirit? And I just began to jot down things. And uh, as of this morning, I have 88 stories. Um, and uh, I was watching a movie. It was called Memorial Day. And it's a wonderful movie if people have a chance to, to see it. And... Um, this Grandpa Bud, it's, he's talking with his grandson, Kyle, and he says, stories matter only if you tell them. Hmm. And I thought, wow, that's so true. Uh, and I've shared uh, these stories with a number of people, and it's also a great resource for me when I'm preaching, because I can say, well, I can go back and look through these stories and say, is there something applicable to the, to hmm. the gospel today? Uh, also, Pope Francis in uh, the Easter Vigil in 2013 said, quote, To remember the road we have traveled, this is what opens our hearts to hope for the future. May we remember everything God has done in our lives, end quote. And so, uh, again, an affirmation that we really need to look back. And, uh, you know, those times we think maybe God wasn't there, mm. uh, he was there. Uh, and puts people in our way that... Uh, help us to encounter him. And, um, you know, some of these stories are serious. Some are funny. Um, and some I haven't quite sorted through yet <laughs> about what their meaning is. And, and I don't know that I really need to put meaning behind them. I think it's just uh, put the story out there and let people have the experience of um, what is God saying to them about this experience that I, that mm-hmm. I had. Uh, and maybe it's just something that is for my own uh, remembrance. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll never get published. I don't know. But it's been really an interesting journey for me to to read and to write these things. Sure. I feel like it's super beautiful that you can just look back on your life and see like 88 encounters that you know God was there, like specifically 88. Mm-hmm. and. What particularly strikes me about this is as of yesterday, when we spoke, or the day before, you were at 87. (laughs) So I just love how you're constantly looking and diving deeper to see where the Lord is working in your life Mm -hmm. and in your ministry. Well, and it's it's amazing that the Holy Spirit will just say, like he did just before we went on the air, remember that time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I jotted a note when I get to, again, I'll flush out that story, but... uh, Again, it's just being open, just being open to the Holy Spirit and saying, uh, show me what you want, direct Mm -hmm. me where you want me to go, tell me what you want me to do. And by being open to that, um, you know, I've used these stories in retreats or days of recollection, and uh, it's all about encountering. Mm -hmm. And uh, the interesting thing is that it really, for me, at least in my experience, it only comes when you look back. Mm. You know, I, uh, as I've had a lot of these experiences, I 
I don't say, oh, that's God. But it's only when I take the time to be silent and look back that these things come, uh, these stories come. And uh, so that's kind of how I've developed it and how I've worked with it. That's really beautiful. It reminds me a lot of Ignatian spirituality mm-hmm. with the examine and like taking time at the end of every day to like reflect on your day and like notice the moments of grace that happen throughout the day. Um, well, it's interesting you said that because uh, when I was in formation for the permanent diaconate, I was uh, formed by two Jesuits. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Jesuit that? spirituality is deep within me. Uh, Father John Hatcher and Father Pat McCorkle were the two primary formators uh, in the Diocese of Rapid City. And, um, of course, their formation, our formation was in spirituality that I remember them saying, you know, if you can't pray, if you can't reflect, uh, it's hard to, to minister to people. That you have to take the time to pray. And so their focus was not so much on the intellectual side, but it was on the spiritual side, forming us spiritually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm always grateful for that. Now, I have to also give credit that I went to St. Mary's grade school in Lemon, which was Benedictine. Oh, so great. I had so you Benedictine. Got the both. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, it's, it's wonderful to have these spiritual experiences in the church of these different traditions, the Jesuits and the Benedictines and Franciscans and all of those. Sure, and we know that they're tried and true, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, I am dying to hear some of these stories, Deacon, I have to tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, I'll just share one that I just mentioned, Lemon. Um, a number of years ago, Lemon had its 100th anniversary as a city, and I was uh, living in Pierre at the time, and um, one morning when I was praying, I thought, you know, it would be great to do something with St. Mary's grade school, because it had uh, closed. And uh, so I contacted a friend of mine whose son-in-law had uh, a company that set up these big tents. And I called the priest in Lemon, and I said, would you mind if we set up a tent and just kind of had a St. Mary's grade school reunion? Mm. Um, and I'll bring some water and pop and just set up some chairs, and whoever stops by, stops by. And he said, no, that'd be great. And so we set it all up, and, and I went to uh, Lemon for the uh, anniversary, 100th anniversary of the town, and uh, just sat under a tent for two days. And whoever dropped in, dropped in, and I had them sign a book. And we probably had 50 to 100 people that stopped. But my friend, Doug Manning, who uh, just passed away in April this year, God bless his soul, um, and I had been friends since grade school. And he was there along with two of his brothers and his sister, Camille. And they stopped by the tent and we were talking, and this older fellow drove up and stopped and looked at what the people gathered there. And he walked across the street, and uh, I introduced myself, and I said, Is there, uh, what year did you graduate from? And I said, I never graduated from uh, St. Mary's. He said, But I was, I lived in Lemon uh, during this particular time and um, just thought I'd come back. And uh, I saw your sign, and I was a member of the parish, and just, I said, well, 
well, I'll introduce you to some of the people here. <clears throat> and I introduced him to Doug. And uh, I said, this is Doug Manning. He used to live here in town. And he said, Doug Manning, he said, is your dad, did your dad used to run a dairy milk, sell milk and ice cream and things like that? And Doug said, yeah. And he said, did you have a sister named Camille? And he said, yes, in fact, she's right over here. And they, he went over and, and uh, said, are you Camille? And she said, yes. And he said, I'm your godfather. And, I mean, it was just, uh, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. But um, <clears throat> she had never known in person her godfather because he said shortly after uh, you were born and the baptism, he said, I moved to the Minneapolis-St. Paul area and had never had touch. And now Camille at that age, I think she was, I'm going to guess, in her mid-60s. Uh, wow. But th that was God bringing those two people together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and to me that was the whole purpose of the two days in Lemon at the 100th anniversary was to bring those two people together, let God bring those two people together. Whether they kept up an acquaintance or not, but they sat down and had a great chat. And, um, I mean, it was just, to me, it was the highlight of the two days. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love it how, like, the Lord puts something on your heart, like, to um, have this event to, you know, reunite people from St. Mary's, and you think it's just, like, for the moment or whatever, mm -hmm. and the Lord uses that and brings a moment of encounter between these two souls. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it was just uh, made my whole two days. <laughs> So, and that was, you know, that's one of 88 that I can remember. There's, uh, <laughs> we have a lot more to <laughs> dive into for sure. Um, we're going to be taking a break here in a minute, but um, when we come back from the break, I'd love to just, really the word that's striking me is encounter, mm -hmm. you know, because, um, you know, you could, you could say that, you know, all these things just happened to you and it was like a journey, but you used the word encounter, and I really want to dive into, like, what encountering the Lord through your ministry really looks like. Okay. Um, so if you're just joining us, um, we're, I am talking with Deacon Roger Height. It's Real Presence Live Wednesday morning, and we'll be right back after the break. Okay. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. 
Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And thank you for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Deacon Roger Height. And before the break... Uh, Deacon and I were talking about his work in progress, or life in progress. progress. (laughs) Um, His book, Encountering Jesus on a Diaconal Journey, 88 Stories. Well, uh, hopefully there's more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like... As as we were talking about earlier, like as of last week, you had eighty seven, and you have eighty eight, and it comes from like I'm just guessing <laughs> a constant state of reflection and looking back over the graces of a lifetime. Yes, and uh, you know this word encounter um, for for my uh, where I began to really uh, see it. Of course, Pope Francis talks a lot about encounter. And uh, one of the things that he said, quote, he said, the Lord always makes one return to the first encounter, to the first moment in which he looked at us. He spoke to us and made the desire to follow him be born within us, end quote. So Pope Francis has said a lot about encounter. Uh, there's also a, a program with uh, called Community and uh, liberation, I think, is the name of it, mm-hmm. and it's with uh, began by Father Luigi Giassani, and he talks a lot about encounter. And uh, when Father John Rutten came to our parish, uh, that was one of the programs that he brought, and that again is a lot of uh, work on encountering God. Where do we encounter God? And uh, so that's kind of where I began to look at it and to think about it. And uh, also when you, you know, I'm 72 years old now, and, and you begin to look back and say, what, what's happened in my life? And uh, thankfully and gratefully that uh, the Lord has been a part of that through the ministry of being a deacon, but also through my married life um, and through my experience of being a father mm-hmm. and uh, being out in the world and working. Um, you know, uh, the different situations that have uh, arisen, uh, many of which I've forgotten, but <laughs> hopefully be able to recall over uh, time. But Father Giassani uh, said something really interesting on his 80th birthday, and I'll quote this here. He said, everything happened to me in a completely ordinary way, and the things that happened as they happened 
inspired wonder in me because it was God who brought them about, weaving from them a history that what was happening is still happening in front of my eyes, end quote. So looking at the ordinary Mm. doesn't have to be the extraordinary boom types of things, but it's just, and, and most of these stories are about that, just... Uh, what happened in the ordinary time in life. It's just being open to, uh, okay, what happened? Where are you? What were the circumstances? That's really beautiful. I love that. And like, especially um, at the beginning of that quote, like the first look, first look of God. And Deacon, I'm just going to throw something at you. Okay. Um, <laughs> what, what would be one of your first first profound encounters of God, like, that you saw, that you encountered him in a unique way, that you realized you were encountering him as Deacon Roger Haight, whether you were a deacon at that point or not, I don't know. But. Well, uh, that's interesting, because uh, the story I always go back to is we were living in Montevideo, Minnesota. Did I tell you this one before? And uh, I had, I was managing a Ben Franklin store on Main Street. And I had three really good friends, um, Don and Harry, um, and um, <laughs> the third one escapes me. I can't remember his name. Uh, but every day at 9.15 and at 3.15, we would meet at Tubby's Cafe on Main Street in Montevideo for coffee. <laughs> And the four of us would, of course, solve all the world events. And when we had the world events solved, we'd go on to local. <laughs> and um, all four good Catholic men, we all belonged to the KCs and were, uh, you know, in Mass every weekend. And uh, this went on for about a year and a half. And one day in the afternoon, I just sat down with them to, uh, Leo was the other guy, and I just sat down with them to uh, have coffee, and the waitress came over and said, Roger, the store called, and your freight truck is here, so you need to go unload it. So I said, okay, and I got up, and Don stuck out his hand, and he said, we'll see you, Roger. And I'd never shaken his hand except when I met him a year and a half ago. I thought, that's yeah. kind of strange. I said, okay, see you, Don. Went back and unloaded the truck. Next morning at 8 o'clock, the phone rang. And Leo, I answered the phone, it was Leo. He said, Roger, last night Don died. Mm. He'd had an aneurysm next to his heart and and had died. Mm. Well, um, of course, that really shook me up. Yeah. Well, four or five days later, it was time for the wake service. And our son, Scott, was, I think, about six months old at the time. And it was January in, Mon in Minnesota, colder than heck. And it was about a quarter to seven, and Diane said, Roger, aren't you going to the wake? Don's awake. And I said, no. And remember, I'm a 28, 29-year-old guy at that point. And I said, no, because if I go, then Don is going to be dead. And I don't want him to be dead. I want to, He's my friend. Yeah. She said, Roger, you have to go. So I said, okay. So I figured that if I got to the church, because the wake was at the church, and I walked in at one minute after seven. They would already have the body up front, and um, I could sit in the back, and I wouldn't have to look at my friend in the casket. Well, as I walked into the 
store, or into the church, excuse me, uh, the mortician was back there, and he said, oh, Roger, good. He said, we haven't moved Don's body up to the front yet, so you can pay your respects. So I had to go and stand and look at my friend uh, who was dead. And I went into the back of the church. They uh, began the wake service. And when the priest got up to read the gospel, it was Jesus talking to Martha and Mary. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he turns to Martha and he says, do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord, I have come to believe. And right then, I knew that my friend Don was alive. I knew that he lived an eternal life. And this feeling of complete joy overcame me. And I, I just couldn't explain it. Well, wake service ended, and um, I went home, and I I walked in, and, and Diane looked at me and said, you didn't go to the wake, you went to the bar, didn't you? <laughs> and I said, why do you say that? She said, well, you look totally happy. What, what's, you know, and so I told her what happened. Well, again, five years down the road or so, I'm uh, thinking about joining the, becoming, uh, joining the diaconate program, and this story comes to my mind, and I began to reflect on it, and I thought, you know, Don and Leo and Harry and I, four good Catholic guys, we never talked about our faith, except if something the priest had said in the funeral, at the, Mass that Sunday had we disagreed with, but otherwise we never shared our faith, and so that got me to thinking and becoming really convicted that we need to talk about our faith. It's not something that we can, as God says, we can put under a bushel basket. Mm -hmm. And so from that experience came my real desire to become a deacon and to share God's word, to talk about not only about politics or the weather. But where is God in your life? What's God doing in your life? Um, and so that's kind of the story that I use in terms of my first, re I mean, oh, certainly since then I've had other encounters or I had them before that. But that's kind of the foundational story in my life is uh, going to Don's wake and recognizing and believing that there is an eternal life and that my friend Don lives in that experience of being with God. Wow, what a consolation. Like, as a 28-year-old, like, it's something, like, it's something huge to have a friend pass unexpectedly like that, mm -hmm. and then to have the faith to be like, oh, no, he is, there is such thing as eternal life, and stories only matter if you tell them. Like, right. what a testimony. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, of course, there's those, but there's also funny ones. <laughs> Uh, but uh, maybe another time. Huh? Yeah, we have just a minute until our next break. But um, do you have do you have a quick story? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> the best stories are always <laughs> long, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but thank you so much for sharing that oh, with us, Deacon. And um, how can we help you? publish your book do you need prayers this is your perfect shout out moment for <laughs> prayers or <laughs> well certainly you know i've talked to uh, some individuals that have uh, published books and you know it's a uh, 
pretty intense. Uh, one of the things that uh, one of my friends who is an author said is, you know, people aren't reading books anymore. Mm. Uh, and, yeah. you know, maybe you want to look at doing something on the Internet. But I guess the best thing they could do right now is just pray for me. Pray, pray that whatever God wants done with this will take place. And that I, you know, and like I said, it may be just for my own uh, understanding of God working in my life that I've got this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I'll use it uh, however God wants it to be used. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. I did a, gave a talk in Peer, went back to Peer a number of years ago and gave an evening presentation on these stories. And I said, just call out a number and I'll tell you the story related to that number. Well, there's three stories in here about Peer, and believe it or not, those are the three numbers they called. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, it was really interesting, but, uh, you know, so it's it's those kinds of things. That's so awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, You're Deacon. welcome. And I'm excited that we go to the same parish, so hopefully I'll be able to hear some of these stories in upcoming homilies. <laughs> But uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then after that, we'll be getting a live update from Christopher Dodson, who's at the rally in D.C. in front of the Supreme Court. Um, And he's going to talk to us about the important Dobbs case coming up. So stay tuned, and we'll be with you after the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 